War is a tragic thing. And when we think about what's going on in the Ukraine, our hearts break for those people, and yet sometimes we don't let it bother us a lot because, well, it's way over yonder. And it's people that we don't know and situations that we're not aware of and things. And it's been going on forever. There's a war somewhere every day as we look at it. We think Jesus reminded us, in fact, that there would be wars and rumors of wars all the time. But there's a war that's been going on from the beginning of time that we just somehow allow ourselves to forget, to ignore, to act like it really doesn't matter. And that's called a spiritual warfare. And that's the most important war that's ever been fought and is being fought and will continue to be fought until that day when Jesus Christ returns again. Now, the ultimate victory has been settled. Jesus Christ won. And those of us who are in the Lord Jesus Christ are victors with him, and that's settled. That can't be changed no matter what happens in history or time or anything else. It's a settled fact. But in the meantime, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as a family of God, as the people of God who are supposed to be carrying on the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in the world in which we live, we are engaged daily in warfare. Every single day is a battle. Every single day is a time. See, it's time that we pause and remind ourselves we're, Christianity is not a playground. It's a battleground. It's a place where we encounter Satan in every day of our lives and all of his desires to destroy his people and being a part of it. Paul's been talking to us in the book of Ephesians about who we are in Christ. And we spent the first three chapters talking about the amazing grace of God and how He reached down into our lives though we had no right to it and no desert of it in any way and saved us by His grace. And in that salvation, He named us as His children. In that salvation, He empowered us to walk in the power of His name and all that was a part of those things as He reminded us. And then in the latter part of the book of Ephesians, He's been reminding us how to live that out practically. What it means day by day to know that I am a child of God. What it means day by day to understand that I have been wrapped in the grace of God and I am held by the hands of God and nothing can take me from my Father. I belong to Him and He to me as we look and understand that. But I have a mission. I have a, a calling of God that has been put on my life as you have if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is to serve Him with all of my heart for all the days of my life. Whatever that means and however that takes place, each, for each of us it may be different, but it's still the same in the sense that we have a calling of God to be a part of the battle that's going on, to try to uphold righteousness, to try to uphold the King of kings, the Lord of lords, in the midst of a dark and defeated world, that we might bring some hope and some light into the lives of people around us who are desperately crying out, is there anyone that has an answer? And the sad thing is, so often the church has kept their mouth shut. And we have the answer. We do. And we need to share it with those around us. Paul, as we look at this, Ephesians 11, 6, verses 11 and 12, this morning, as we think about that, it's a, he's, he's summing up all that he said. He, he's been preparing us. He's been teaching us. He's been leading us to the path of understanding who we are and the strength that we have and the power that we have, the love that is within us that has changed our lives and the ability that we have to love people no matter who they are and no matter what they've done. We can love people because of the love of God in us. He's teaching us all that it means to be the family of God and how that's to be played out in our life. And he says in the verse 11, and finally, now he's a preacher. 
finally means nothing to preachers. So don't get, don't get a head start. It's not coming to an end. We're going on a little bit further. But, but he's making a statement. Right now, finally, based on all the information that we've talked about, we've prayed about, we've studied together, finally, take a stand. Is basically what he's saying. Take a stand. Be who you are in Christ. Let me read those verses. As we stand together and honor the reading of God's word and being a part of that, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, the Bible says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning... When we think about these words that you've given us through Paul, what a challenge it sets before us. We who have been redeemed, who have been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and made clean, not through anything that we've done or anything that we've earned or could ever earn, but because of your great grace and mercy and the love that's overwhelming have poured, that's been poured out upon us. By the gift of faith that you've given us that we might trust. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Savior. He died upon the cross. He rose from the dead. He paid the full price of our sins. And we have been made acceptable in the presence of a holy God by the work of Christ. And because we are part of that family, we need to live like it. We need to act like it. Not just on Sundays, but every day of our lives. Father, just convict our hearts this morning that as Christians, we need to take a stand. A stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, for His Word, and for His work. And I pray we'll understand that in the seriousness of it, in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You know... As we look at this passage and as we try to understand what's going on, Paul tells us, first of all, that as we look at it, that we're to be strong in the strength of His might. One of the greatest problems that you and I have as Christians is that we still can't get it out of our head that we're supposed to do it ourselves. And we can't, folks. We cannot do what God has called us to do in our own strength. We just can't do it. We can't be the kind of people that we ought to be. We can't love the way we ought to love. We can't be kind and forgiving. We can't be the people God's called us to be in our own strength. We can't do that. We have to do the things of God in His strength and by His power, by His might. And it's available to all of us. He lives in each of us. And every one of us have access to the power of God, the might of God, to do the work of God in every aspect of life that we live in and that we do and that we carry on. And that's what he's telling us. He's challenging us. Take a stand. Be strong, but quit leaning on your own strength and lean on my strength. Let me be the strength that you use in your daily life. Let me be the strength that you need in your home to have the kind of home that you need. Let me be the strength that you need in your lives at work so that you can be the kind of example that you need to be. Let me be your strength. Not your own. And see, we keep getting defeated and we keep getting discouraged and we keep getting 
ready to just quit and the things that we're doing because we just will not learn the lesson that I can't do this. I need God in my life. And I need God to be God in my life. I need to release myself, submit to His authority, and just give Him full control of everything that He wants to do in my life. And so when I come up against a hardship that I don't know how to face, I don't lean upon my strength. Be strong in the Lord, in the strength of His might. Not mine. See, we're so stubborn. God, I can do this myself. I don't need you. And when we get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in the pits that we keep digging for ourselves and we look up and we can't even begin to see the top anymore because we've dug so deeply, we finally will cry out to God, well, maybe I could use some help, God. Be strong. Be strong. God's people ought to be the strongest people on the face of the earth, not necessarily in physical strength and in, in, in that kind of thing, but strong in character, strong in nature, strong in love, strong in kindness, strong in forgiveness, strong in the ability to help people know that they matter to God and that God loved them so much that He gave them a Savior. Strong in the Word of the God that there is nothing greater than this Word as far as truth goes upon the face of the earth. We ought to be strong in our belief and strong in what we do and in that strength God pours out His hope and love upon a lot lost world who desperately needs him. He says be strong. He said put on the full armor of God and we're going to talk about that more next week. But folks, we, that's still part of the same thing. We, we can't do this ourselves. And, and you, you see it's the full armor of God. He didn't say pick out the kind of clothes you want to wear for yourself. It needs to be godly clothes, godly armor. It's his. It's not mankind. It's not some warfare that we've developed. It's not something to protect ourselves in the midst of battles that are going on around us. It is God's armor that we're to put on. It is an armor that is holy. It is an armor that is so shielded by the faith of God that it's able to do the miraculous in the midst of everyday life. When we wear that armor the way he goes, he tells us to put it on. It's a command that we're supposed to so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. And thank you for the rain, Lord. <laughs> I had planned to, but we'll go. <laughs> uh, the schemes of the devil simply, you know, I mentioned, the, I guess it was last Sunday night. You need to remember, the devil isn't God. Not equal to God has nothing in any way that he can compare to God. He is a created being who has been defeated once by God, by God through the cross, ultimately, as I've already mentioned, and is being defeated day in and day out by those who stand strong in the armor of God against him. But his schemes mean that anything he can devise. See, what, God, what the devil wants to do is to ruin your life. You just need to understand that. He's real, and he has one desire. That's to ruin your life. He wants to ruin your character. He wants to ruin your home. He wants to ruin your children. He wants to ruin your marriage. He wants to ruin your job. He wants to ruin your finances. He wants to ruin your education. He wants to ruin your philosophy. He wants to ruin your government. He wants to ruin anything and everything he can ruin. That's all he knows how to do is destroy. And that's all he wants to do is destroy. 
And his schemes are, are even though he's, he's not God, he, he knows how to get, wiggle his way into our lives and find ways to tempt us, to cause us to fall. He does all kinds of things. He makes things look beautiful. The Bible says he can prepare as an angel of light. He, he tempts us with things that, that would, would cause us to want. You know, that couldn't hurt that much if I did that. Just that one little mistake wouldn't matter. I've wanted this for so long, and I've got a chance to have it, and I know it's not the right thing, but man, I've really wanted it, and I'm just going to go ahead and do this or take this or whatever it is. He gets in our hearts, in our minds. Now, he doesn't know everything, folks. I need you to understand that. He doesn't know everything. And so unless you tell him, he's ignorant. He's not omniscient like God. Never, ever, ever think in your heart or your mind that Satan is on equal grounds with God in any area of life. And in Christ, when we stand strong in the Lord, we can face him in the temptations that he places in our life, in the things that happen to us, and we can find victory in those in Christ, not in our own. If we face him on our own, the battle will be his, always. But when we face him in Christ, the battle is God's, always. He always wins. And so he tells us, don't fall, you know, get yourself prepared, stand strong, put on the armor of God, fix yourselves ready in the faith of God so that when Satan comes at you and attacks you, and he will, he, he attacks over and over and over and over again. He never gets tired of attacking us. And he keeps on doing it, he says, when he comes against the schemes of the devil. For the struggle that you and I have is not against flesh and blood, our battle isn't with each other. See, one of the things that Satan has done so well in this world, in the church, is cause Christians to fight one another. To get at odds with each other. To argue with each other. To struggle with each other. So we're fighting among ourselves and, and fighting with each other. We've, we've focused our attention of our fight on one another. And as we do that, Satan sits back laughing and the world sits back wondering, is there any answer anywhere? Because obviously it's not found in the church. They can't even get along with themselves. And it's not those people out there that are outside of Christ either. They're not our enemies. They're people for whom Christ died. People he loves with everything that he is. And we're not fighting against flesh and blood, he says, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. See, our enemy is, is in a sense, threefold. It's the world, it's the flesh, and it's the devil. The world is that system of life outside of Christ. That system that stands in opposition to God. That's anyone outside of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the philosophy and the ideas of the religion and all those things, that's the world. Anything outside of Christ. The flesh is that part of our human nature that came to us by inheritance through Adam and sin and all that's going on. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's not one righteous, not even one seeking after righteousness. We are sinners before God as we look at that. And that flesh keeps rearing up even as Christians as being forgiven and being taught that we have our sins forgiven, never to be remembered again and removed as far as the east is from the west. And we stand pure before a holy God while we're here on this earth. We still struggle with our flesh, with, the, with those things that come against us, especially when we don't put on the armor of God and when we don't stand strong and then we fall short of being what God wants us to be and we struggle with that and that's a battle that we have that we have to stand in Christ to win and the devil is just 
the devil. He's just the evil of this world. Everything that's evil. The instigator of all that's evil and all that's wrong. And, and we're to stand against that and being a part of that. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to help Paul get across to us. Folks, we're in a war. We're in a spiritual war. And we're losing the battle more than we're winning because we're not fighting that war in the strength of the Lord because we're not being God's people. We, we're satisfied with being God's people on Sunday and, and going through the motions of, of doing the right kinds of things. But when we get out in the world and we get into the job, we get around those folks that we work with and they're not Christians and they use bad language and they have bad habits and they go this way and they go that way and we just want to get along with them and so we just go along and do what they do. We don't stand strong. We just want to be like the world. We just want to be accepted. We're not like the world, folks. And you can't be like the world because God lives in you. If you are a child of God, the very God of the universe has chosen to dwell in us. Can you imagine that? The Holy Spirit of the living God lives in you and lives in me. And His desire is to work His way out in us, to teach us how to put forth the fruit of the Spirit, to teach us how to be molded into the character of Christ, to teach us how to walk daily in the confidence, I am a child of the living King. I can stand against this which is wrong, and I can be strong for that which is right. I can love people even though they do not love me. I can love people who are living a lifestyle that is so wrong according to God's Word that it's not even worth looking at. And yet I can love them and hope for them and pray for them and pray somehow they'll be broken free from the chains that they're held in bondage and be set free in the Christ of love. That's who we are. We're supposed to be helping people find Christ. We're, helping, we're supposed to be breaking the bonds of sin in people's lives by the power of the gospel. We can't just say it's okay, it's just a way of life, it's just human nature, it's just the way our society is going, it's what's public, it's what's popular, it's what's been even voted in the law. It doesn't matter. There's one law that matters. It's right here. It's the only one that matters. And we have to stand strong in who we are as God's people. See, the reason people don't want to become Christians is because they don't see any. They don't see Christ in us. They don't see us living boldly and confidently. They don't see us acting with a kind of nature that is loving and forgiving and kind. See, we don't have to accept sin to love the sinner. And I know that's an old cliche, and it's hard. And we say, how can you separate the two? By Christ in you. Christ never once condoned sin at any time in his life on earth. But he never once quit loving people and extending to them grace and mercy and hope. The world would condemn some people and Jesus would say, Get up and go and sin no more. That's who we are as the body of Christ. We have to fight the battles. We have to get in. There is no Christian who is in genuine fellowship with God that can be a spectator. We have to be in the game. We have to be fighting the battle. We have to be involved. Can't sit on the bench. Can't sit in the pew and do nothing. 
We've got to do what God's called us to do and be the people of God. Now, I know this sounds rough and it sounds like, man, God's just sitting here attacking us one way and over the other. And maybe I am. And if I'm hurting your feelings, I don't apologize. But I will say I'm sorry that I didn't say it the way it needed to be said because the intent is not to hurt you. The intent is to say to you, I love you. And I want more than anything else in the world for you to be a people who can walk in the strength of God, who can walk in the power of what God can do. I want you to have the very best homes you could ever possibly imagine. Submitted to the Lord God. To have the, be successful at work, at school, whatever you're doing. But we do that in the mighty strength of the Lord God who gave himself to us in Jesus Christ and said, I want to be all that I can. I want you to live abundantly. I want you to know the fullness of life. I want you to know peace that passes understanding, joy that's unspeakable. I want you to know strength that is greater than all the strengths of the world. I want you to be able to understand there is power that belongs to you that cannot be taken away from you. I want you to know that victory awaits you day in and day out if you'll just walk in me and let me be your strength I, I need this more than any of you I know that we've got to live for Christ we've got to make up our minds are we going to be people who just go through the motions or are we going to be people who take a stand that's all that he's really saying, folks. Finally, stand up and be counted. Stand up and make your life count for Christ. Not for yourself. This isn't about getting glory for ourselves or patting ourselves on the back and saying, what good little Christians we are. This is all for the glory of God. All for the sake of Christ who died for us. This is all for a lost world. has no hope the Bible makes it very clear those outside of Christ are living even this moment under condemnation and the only hope they have without Christ is to not only to live out this life in condemnation but to live in eternity in condemnation that's all they have to look forward to unless we help them to see Jesus and Jesus can change any heart, any life, of any person, of any lifestyle, of any hardness of heart, of any mentality. Jesus can make a difference. He can. And he wants to. And he will. But we have to be willing to be his messengers. Be those who let people know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For in the gospel is the power. That's what we've been talking about, the power of Christ. In the gospel is the power of salvation. And isn't that what we want for everybody? <laughs> that they could be saved, that they could know the joy of what it means to be a child of God, that they could have the certainty of a home in heaven forever? Then let's stand up. And let's make a difference. Would you pray with me? Father, it's not easy to live in this world, and you know that, and Jesus came and experienced it among us 
so that he could be able to be that savior, that high priest that would be able to say, I've identified with you in life. I've identified with you in suffering. I've identified with you in temptations. I've identified with you in death. And I have promised to you through my death the power and the resurrection that I experience is now for those who are mine for all time to know that we have defeated in Christ death itself. And we can, overcome, we can be overcomers. We can live as we ought to in the power of Christ. But God, it's just so hard to yield to you every day. And there's so many things in our lives that tempt us. And there's so many things that we want. And we get so caught up in the living of our lives that we just forget to even take you into account. We need to make this decision. And we need to do this. And we need to do that. And we just go about living our lives. And you just become an afterthought of our lives. Our world's in a big, big mess. And the only hope that it has is you. And the only hope of you getting into the hearts of people is through your people. God, I just pray you'd teach us a place within our hearts, a longing to stand up for you. Doesn't mean all of us have to get on street corners and start preaching. Or that we've got to carry placards around and start being against this and against that and for this and for that. It just means that we need to surrender our lives to the loving lordship of Christ and live as Christians under the authority and the power of the Lord God. Give us the courage, but more than courage, the desire to stand up and be the people of God that we've been called to be. I pray in Christ's name.